Welcome, welcome, welcome to Own Goal Podcast, the number one hot guy podcast disguised as a soccer podcast on planet Earth. Well, you forgot to let our listeners know that this is season two. We're back, baby. Season two of the podcast, data recording, September 24th, 2019, and wow, we have been gone for two months. Um, yeah, we know, we always say we'll get better about recording. Here's the thing, guys. The definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Clearly, we're not changing shit, so uh, we might be more of a monthly or weekly podcast. We'll figure it out. Maybe maybe we'll surprise you and become weekly, but just don't don't bang on anything. Just kind of let it happen, you know? Let it happen, my little pod babies. What Eric's let really happen. What Eric's really trying to say is that uh, we are not men of our words by any means. <laughs> we are men of content, not men of honor. Yeah, but uh, we have a lot to get to. A lot's happened the last couple of months. We have a lot to talk about. But first, to the bottom line. It's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. As always, we start the, the podcast with what's new in the soccer world. And uh, Eric, why don't you hit us up with some of uh, the most recent transfers? And I use that term very liberally. Yeah, I don't know if we can call the segment new in soccer world. It's, it's more like what's old in soccer world. Um, seen as the transfer deadline ended uh, uh, more than a few weeks back. Uh, but some, uh, some big names moved. And I think more importantly, uh, a few big names did not move after it seemed all but certain that Zinedine Zidane would finally get rid of Bale. Um, he uh, he not only stayed put, but he's been starting for a, a couple matches now after a string of pretty bad luck injuries for Real. And then everybody's favorite transfer saga ended very anticlimactically with uh, Neymar staying put and uh, becoming the, uh, the target of heavy boos from PSV Faithful. Yeah, and um, actually both Bale and Neymar have been playing well. Neymar has had two late winners in his last two PSG games. Bale has scored some goals. Did get, had a game where he scored a, two goals in a red card, and you got to love that. Um, um, my question with, with Neymar and those two late winners, what's PSG doing where they, they need 90-minute stoppage time winners? I have no idea. They are not. I know that I guess they are a little hurt right now. They don't have Cavani. They don't have uh, Mbappe. But still, it's league. Uh, more like league. Uh. Actually, it's that's, the Uber, it's the Uber Eats league. Oh uh, no, that's that's. But we decided we were going to just start calling it Uber Eats early. <laughs> Uber Eats league. That's fantastic. No, but I agree uh, with you. So, I, I think that's kind of problematic that they're needing to rely on these late bailout goals, and I don't think it's problematic in uh uber eats league because when they get our healthy they're going to win that league it's problematic for the one thing they care about is the champions league and i just yeah i haven't seen anything that convinces me even finally at firing on full cylinders that they're going to win that no i completely agree um they they did make a couple additions though since we're, we're on the, the psg train figure we'll, we'll stick with them uh they brought in uh a cardi 
So they are, are trying to uh, to tool up a little bit. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, they brought in a Cardi, which I think is actually <laughs> a great signing. Are we just going to gloss over the fact that I said Parasic to, to, to PSG? Um, and then after I said that, the uh, the outline was corrected because I definitely got that wrong. <laughs> Parasic <laughs> did not go to PSG. He nope. went to Bayern. And we'll talk about it in a second, but Icardi and Navas did go to PSG. Yes, and I think uh, I think uh, they're actually both really great moves. Uh, I've been big on Accardi's talent for a while. I just always hated the team he's played for. And then this podcast has been very outspoken as a uh, team Navas in the Courtois Navas, you know, kind of Katy Perry Taylor Swift relationship of it all. Do you think Katy Perry and Taylor Swift are kind of like rivals? They, they, yeah, they had a, they had a kind of a, a bit of a blood feud. About what? I don't have, I have no idea. All right. This was like, this was like ten years ago. I, I'm not up with, with like modern or, or culture. I don't know. Um, Everything I have is slightly dated from like five to ten years ago. Byron did get better though. They added, they replaced their two really old wingers with only a slightly old winger. <laughs> <laughs> But they also they also got Philip Coutinho, which I think is actually a a, a pretty solid uh, squad addition for them. Yeah, he never quite made that impact at at uh, Barcelona after they bought him for what was it like two hundred twenty million or or something crazy? If I'm not mistaken, or was no no that was Neymar. They they paid like a hundred mil or like hundred something mil. No, it was not always. It's kind of ironic looking back on it that he went to Barcelona to win the Champions League. Since he's been gone, Liverpool have been to two Champions League finals and have won one. <laughs> That's that's pretty fantastic, um, but I he's never quite made that impact. I think he did get a little hurt his first season at Barcelona and just never quite landed. Um, I, I think it's a great move by Bayern. Interesting, they uh, they sent Jaimez Rodriguez back to uh, Real Madrid and brought in Coutinho. I feel like he's going to be playing a similar role, maybe not in the same position in the field that Jaimez plays, but. You know he's going to be a creator, but also score occasional goals. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, agreed. And then Inter Milan tooled up in a lot of different ways. First of all, I think the most significant way is getting Conti. Yeah, which now that I think about it, we probably touched on that a little bit the uh, uh, last podcast we did back in July. But can't can't be stated enough that he is a fantastic coach and he clearly understands the uh, Italian league. So I think, you know, when they brought him in, all they really needed to do was make a few And who'd they, uh, who'd they bring in? They brought in a couple of old Man U boys. Uh, Romelu Lukaku has ended his um, strained relationship with the club. He was the club's best goal scorer while he was there, and that is something that's definitely lacking now. But um, he's now there, and he's scoring goals for Inter. I think you know something about that. Yeah, he had a really nice uh, header goal in the the Milan derby uh, over the weekend. And they also got more on, more on Milan in, uh, in several minutes. They also got Alexis Sanchez from Manu, and that relationship was all, that was a very toxic relationship, <laughs> and that is now over. Um, I don't have anything personally against the guy, though. If I was a hot chick, I may not feel the same way. As we'll get to later. <laughs> But, um, a, lot, I, a lot of teases in this section. A lot of teases. If they didn't go to Inter Milan, I would wish them both um, success. But 
our friendship over the years has put a special place in my heart for AC Milan, so I don't want them to be successful only because of Tyson Milan. Stomp that out, Donnie. Don't don't let that grow. It'll only lead to despair. Think about things that should have been stomped out. David Luiz's career should have been ended years after <laughs> Brazil got shanked 7-1 in the 2010. Yes, 2014, excuse me, World Cup. I do think David Luiz should have retired after that game. I'm sorry. Not, not only is his career still going, Arsenal paid Chelsea money to take him off of their books Listen, and to if play you, soccer for them. If you have the best defense in history of the game and you really want a way to make your defense bad, definitely adding David Luiz is the move. <laughs> but if you have a really bad defense like Arsenal and you want to make it good, adding David Luiz is not the move. I think David Luiz in, I don't know, however many games he played for Chelsea – um, had conceded four penalties uh, in the, I think, four or five he's played this season. He's already conceded two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then another signing that I don't think we talked about last episode was Joao Felix going to Atletico Madrid. Real, and Big they signing. paid a lot of money for him. And crazy yep. thing is, I think they'll ultimately sell him in three to five years for even more. This kid's a young Portuguese player, and – He's got a lot of talent playing in that number 10 position. I mean, if they're selling him, they're selling him to, what, one of five five teams? Yeah. And two of which are their, their league rivals, and then, you you know, Man, the Man United, you know, maybe you know, just so. Listen, I, I think you might have said Man United in there. I cannot stress this enough. Nobody should want to play for Manchester United. <laughs> I'll get more into that later, but I had to mention it now. Um... Can we get into the fun news? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, I, this just gives me delight. Hazard has now joined the Thick Boy contingent after he showed up to Real Madrid like 15 pounds heavier than he should have been. Not not muscle mass by any means. I mean, that jersey in preseason was looking a little snug in the belly region. It was uh, – yeah, he added it to the dock. It was a dock investment. And he's life for him at Real has been really slow, and he's been hit by injuries, so – It'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of the season. Obviously, it's very, very premature to assess whether yeah. he's a, anything significant. Um, now, <laughs> um, yeah, Messi, uh, we all remember the Copa America. Uh, Argentina, surprise, surprise, did not win tournament. And uh, Messi had some choice words saying that it was rigged and that uh, it was designed to give Brazil a victory. And, uh, well, basically, uh, Cotton Bowl banned Messi for three months from international games uh, for those those remarks. And we all know how well Argentina plays without Messi. So this will be fascinating to see how their kind of uh, World Cup qualifying gets off to, to that start uh, in a region that's really, really well known for having difficult, difficult qualifications. Oh, I think they might have one of the toughest because in Europe, you have, like, the teams at the top, sure, are fine, but, like, England gets to play, like, Lithuania and Georgia. Like, no offense to those countries. I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything like that, but, like, they're just not that good at soccer. It's not not a round robin of the 10 best teams, of the 10 teams in the region. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that region... Ronaldinho is going to be stuck in that region for a while, apparently, specifically Brazil. 
Apparently, he's ravaged by crippling debts. And first of all, the fact that Ronaldinho cannot manage his money should be a surprise to no one. I wonder how much of that's just blowing prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah. He owes apparently 2 million euros. He's had 57 properties in Brazil seized. Okay. Why do you need 57 properties in one country? That's incredible. And how does that not add up to the 2 million that he owes? Does that count? Uh, well, both the really shitty properties. Would make sense. Also, yeah. Oh, this uh, this land right next to this toxic dump, it'll definitely be a big condo <laughs> development one day. Ronaldinho, oh, sounds good to me. Well, maybe maybe the debt he owed was, was above 2 million euros. It, they seized the 57 properties, and on top of that, he owes 20, 2 million euros. Uh, very possible, very possible. And the reason why he's stuck in Brazil is that his Brazil and Spanish passports have both been revoked. The good thing about Ronaldinho <sighs> is that if he needs to be stuck in any country in the world, it needs to be Brazil because he's yeah. not going to have to pay for shit. Girls will he's... sleep with him because he's Ronaldinho, and everyone will buy him a drink. Yeah, hopefully, you know, they'll buy him food too. But, um, yeah, that, that is where he should be. Um, hopefully, hopefully I know they'll that he's buy a... him food. <laughs> well, They're not going to let one on... of their best soccer players starve. This saying, isn't a Gandhi situation. You can't live off of just drinks, Donald. That's all I was saying. Uh, dude, what is going on with the automatic red card for entering the, the VAR room? I mean, that in theory makes sense to me, but the logistics of this, okay. is this really necessary? So if the VAR room, if, there, if each ma- match had its own, if each stadium had its own VAR room during the game, I would yeah. get that. But the, So the Premier League has this rule that if you enter the VAR room, it's an automatic red. Well, there's one VAR room that covers the entire league, basically. It's where it's at... Um, What's it called? It's at Stockley Park. Park. The nearest Premier League stadium to Stockley Park is Stamford Bridge, which is 13 miles away. <laughs> so, like, what is is so is somebody gonna get like play well, the there game? Is, there is there is one person who I could definitely see doing this, but he does not play in the Premier League. Who? Neymar would 100 percent just get leave the match, like get subbed out, get his helicopter, fly to Stockley Park. <laughs> into the VAR room. I, I would love I would love for like Andy Carroll to get something <laughs> out of the game, order an UberX Uber to the VAR room and just go in you, there. You need, you need to pick somebody who cares about soccer and Andy Carroll is not your guy. Very, very good point. Um apparently FIFA doesn't really care about <laughs> soccer either. They must FIFA needs to whoever does their PR needs to be fired. Uh, FIFA you know what? Is- I think they need a raise because nobody would ever talk about the FIFA Fair Play Award, uh, but FIFA went ahead and gave it to Leeds United. And Donnie, you may may want to remind the uh, listeners why we talked about Leeds United before. So a few, like I think maybe six, seven episodes ago, we talked about how uh, Frank Lampard of Derby County, who was coaching Derby County at the time, accused Leeds United of sending guys like to spy. On their um, their trainings and their practices. trainings. So a team that has been accused of spying on other teams. Oh, and no, and then and then um, the manager uh, admitted that yes, I have been doing that. I've been doing that to all of my opponents. <laughs> oh yeah, manager <laughs> gets accused of spying. Manager admits spying, and FIFA thinks, yep, fair play award going in there. Do, do that's why he could get the fair play award because they admitted. What. Well, if it was called the Honesty Award, sure. <laughs> That's a good plan. Um, good plan. <laughs> going to the other <laughs> major, probably the second most important 
soccer like interna- um, international body. UEFA I announced that there will be a third uh, club competition taking place at the beginning of the 2021-2022 season. It is called the Europa Conference League. The idea What's behind it but to UEFA is for like the lower UEFA teams from like the different league nations in UEFA that you know like a team from Hungary probably has no chance at ever being in the Champions League, right? So some of these teams from these lower UEFA members basically have a chance to play some European soccer. Um, the, the difference between people who watch the Champions League and the Europa League is pretty staggering. Staggering. Yeah. And so I just feel like this is a way for them to get some more money, but nobody's really going to watch it. Yeah, what, what really drives the money here is the TV deals. And I don't see a TV deal, I, don't, I mean, especially not in the States, but even even in you know England and Italy. Well, I actually, go, go ahead. Uh, no, please. I actually disagree because pretty soon Manchester United will be in this conference. <laughs> like by 2021, we'll be definitely qualifying for this conference league very regularly. And uh, I think a lot of people will pay to see that. Then, yeah, I guess a, a, a Europa Conference League final of United Milan might, might be a big ticket item. At that point, Eric, I'm putting my head next to yours, and I'm hoping you have the courage to do what's necessary. <laughs> um, oh, and, and we leave you with our best story last. Um, so basically, long story short, there's this gorgeous Chilean TV host, Natalia Mandiola. And Alexis Sanchez got her number from a buddy, slid into those DMs, really wanted to like hang out with her, set some set something up, get with her, hang out one on one, kind of being creepy. And she was like, no. And she gave an interview about it. And she's like, I don't know this man. I'm not going to hang out one on one with a man I don't know. Very intelligent decision by her. So Alexis Sanchez just kind of came and he had the mutt. This is where she had the mustache, too. So he's a guy with a mustache <laughs> sliding into random girls' DMs he doesn't know. And, like, I believe the words were begging her to come over to his house yeah. and do things. She, she was very classy with what she revealed. She, she did not, like, post screenshots or anything like that. But you have to imagine that he said some pretty, uh, some pretty, some pretty unsavory things to this poor woman. Well, uh, good riddance, right? Yes, and this podcast does not condone sliding into random women's DMs and harassing them. No, but we do condone condone sliding into male soccer players' DMs and asking them to come on the pod. Oh, yeah, especially the young ones. <laughs> we do not discriminate. Uh, no, we don't. Um, now, now guess... let's, uh, let's go objectivize some men, yeah? Oh, this is my favorite part of this podcast. <laughs> And with that, we're doing Hot Guy of the Week, which is really a Hot Guy of the Month and a half. You know, time is a man-made construct. Concept. It's not a construct, whatever. All right, Donnie, who you got for Hot Guy of the Week before I keep mumbling us into... Actually, technically, this should be reversed. You should go first because in the last one, I went first. I just didn't actually reverse them. Nope, too late. No, but scroll down down that line. It's too fucking late. It's only fine. All right. I, I, you're supposed to go first. I don't know what matters at this it's point. It's on the outline. 
<laughs> we just changed the outline when Perisic was at PSG. Now all of a sudden the outline is the Bible. I would just like some yeah. consistency. Because the outline doesn't make Perisic at PSG. <laughs> Apparently, according to you, it does. Opens oh, in the outline. Opens oh, in the outline. <laughs> okay, my hot guy of the relative whatever time period since our last episode is Harry Kane. Um, I think he scored how many goals? Four goals in six Premier League games, had a hat-trick on international duty. He's either right at or just below a goal per game for club for country. And, uh, yeah, that is my Hawkeye of the um, the week. And we all know he's, think, uh, he's a handsome guy. He's a handsome man. He's got that, uh, you know, I think classic dumb British guy look, but, like, handsome as well. Just doesn't seem like he's the most intelligent person. Um, now that my girlfriend lives with me, she's seen uh, a few. She's watched exactly, but she's watched a lot of watching some soccer games. And several times, she's noted that oh, that that guy right there is very cute. And the guy she's been pointing at is Harry Kane. So, uh, I'm well known, uh, handsome man. My pick is. Uh, there are so many things I have to say. <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm going to keep. I'm just going to keep going. In my it's a, my hot guy of the of the week, month, whatever you want to call it, is the uh, Lewandowski of Bayern Munich. Two goals in the in. What was that? I'm just surprised you picked Lewandowski, given the fact that you are uh, you are on the record of this podcast talking about what a serial choker he is. So I just never. Like, I, I, he's been playing phenomenally, don't get me wrong. I just never thought yeah. you would pick him no matter what, truly. Well, I mean, I, I don't pick him when he chokes, but let's see here. In this, in this last weekend, he scored two goals in their uh, Bundesliga win. He also scored in their Champions League opening match, and obviously performing in the group stage has never been a problem for Lewandowski. Uh, but at this point in time, you know, he's not choking this week or this month. He also uh, leads the Bundesliga in goals scored. Uh, nine goals through five games, where second place uh, has five goals in five games, and that's Timo Werner. So I just think in this past month, he has been playing hot, and, I mean, he is a, a handsome man. Oh, yeah, no doubt about both of those things. He's been playing phenomenally. It would be so insane. It's it's not going to happen, but what if he could keep up almost a two-goals-per-game ratio for a season? You can't do it. <laughs> but I just I, would... I just want it to happen so badly. I mean, the Bundesliga is not as known as a defensive, you know, league, but it's not that anemic defensively. I just want somebody to do that. Now that we've seen Ronaldo and Messi do a goal per game for so long, I want the next guy to come out with, like, a goal and a half per game and two goals per game. I want, I want to see less goals. You're the only person on earth <laughs> who thinks that. Well, that's fair. Uh, how about we transition to the app? Two, right before app we transition tests. to the app two test, just want to give oh. a quick, quick, hot honorary Hawkeye of the week shout out to my boy Tommy. Tommy, if you're listening, congratulations on the birth of your baby girl. Um, I'm sorry that she had to be born to an Arsenal fan, and please do not let her listen to this podcast. That would be just terrible. Parenting. Yeah, no. They say that you want to expose your children to a lot of words at an early age. Not these words. <laughs> Not, not these words, but man. But congratulations to you and your family, Tommy. Congrats. Uh, so now let's go to aptitude test, where if you recall from Wait, actually, last no, no, no. Season... One more honorary Hawkeye. I fucking hate I'm you. I'm just fucking with you. Now let's go to aptitude test. 
God damn it. Is it too late to walk off the pod? Um, where we take uh, people affiliated with soccer, generally players, sometimes managers, and figure out what would they do with their lives if they were not in the soccer sphere. So for, for my aptitude test for Sky this season, this thing we'll be talking about a little bit later, what would Timu Puki be if he were not lighting the Premier League aflame with his foot? Timu Puki. That's a good one. <laughs> if Timu Puki were not lighting the Premier League ablaze with his foot, he would 100% be a mailman. <laughs> not just he's any so, mailman. He's so, he's so reliable. He's specifically a UPS driver. I could just see him in the brown shorts now and the brown shirt just driving around the brown truck delivering packages. He's, he'd be, he's a UPS truck driver for me. I, I, I like where you're going. I actually think USPS uh... – Rain, sleet, snow, hail, doesn't matter. He's going to come through. He's going to deliver Isn't for you. Isn't the U.S. Postal Service, like, shittier than the private companies like FedEx and UPS? But, like, the the, the USPS <laughs> is known for, like, they will deliver on every day but Sunday. That's just what they do. That's, yeah, but that's just how does it works. One, one better because he delivers on Sunday, too. <laughs> that's fair. Especially uh, against Man City. Um, anywho, um, I, th- I think you've got very, very good idea with the mailman. Uh, what I see uh, Timu Puki, if he was not a, uh, a soccer player, is he's going to be like your AAU or your club team's uh, like trainer, like like gym guy. He's specifically going to to give you your your workout regiments, and you're not quite sure if they're any good you've been doing them for a couple of weeks and months and nobody's really getting stronger but you do it anyways because he seems to know what he's talking about but you're not quite sure (laughs) i like that i like that eric if he wasn't one of the greatest midfielders to ever play the game what would andre pirlo be doing well the easy out is he would uh be a like incredibly successful wine you know vineyard owner because he already is an incredibly successful uh vineyard owner but i'm going to to not take the the, you know low-hanging fruit or the easy way out i think he would be a world-renowned designer of mint shoes that is very similar to what i believe he would be doing Women shoes? <laughs> no. I believe he would be a cobbler. Oh, oh. Okay. Like Daniel Day Lewis. If you're not aware, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis does like seven movies every like 15 years. And in between, he literally goes to Italy where he's just a cobbler. And I just think I would see Andre Pirlo as a very quiet, very calm guy who just goes about his work perfectly. And I just see people like, you know, just like when a teammate plays him in a bad position, how. Beautifully, Pirlo can pass himself and the team out of just being totally fucked. You just take like the, the you just take these like once great pair of shoes to him. They're just like do- they're literally covered in dog shit, cracked, ripped open. Pirlo takes with them for the night, treats them well, makes love to them, and gives them back to you. And the shoes are just immaculate. 
Yeah, I, I, I like that we both, both went shoes. Went, went shoes. That was very interesting. Dude, um, wait, does this also mean we both secretly think Pirlo has a foot fetish? I mean, like, the guy's foot is incredible. It's immaculate. So it would make sense that he would treasure feet, right? Yeah, I bet his wife has, like, the best pair looking pair of feet on the face of the earth. Okay. Well, maybe. Uh, please let us know, dear listeners. Do you think we can have Rex? We can interview Rex Ryan to see what he thinks about various players' wives' feet. <laughs> well, get out of this conversation okay. as soon as possible. So we we have a new segment. We don't really have a name for it. It's gonna ch- it's gonna be like kind of almost like a random segment every time. It's good. It's gonna be something different every time, almost like a surprise, like a Jack in the Box. Um. And this time, the question that's going to be posed is this. Which current professional soccer player would make the best American football player and at what position with, only the, with the only rule being that the position can't be kicker for just obvious reasons? Okay, easy. I will take uh, Manuel Neuer or maybe Don De Gea and Pin. That <laughs> the player can have nothing to do with kicking. Oh, uh, you didn't make my answer like I thought you would. No. Um, the answer is Marcelo because, come on, it's Marcelo, right? <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to think. You need somebody that has, you know, an excessive amount of physicality. Uh, but you also need them to, to have some control. I don't think it's going to be one of your top, you know, pinnacle, top of top athletes. I, I, I think Ronaldo's a little old for the grinding physicality. Well, of... you, you, okay, but Ronaldo's a current player. You can say, like, he played, like, throughout his career. You, Ronaldo, you could count him. He doesn't have to be a, the player in this minute. He just has to be an active player now. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm – I'm answering this with somebody who today we take from from the soccer field into the football field. So I'm 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 personally eliminating Ronaldo from my my decision making. Uh, Messi would get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> oh my god! Could so you bad. imagine? Could you imagine like a 300 pound defensive? Or could you imagine like Jadavian Clowney uh, getting a hold of him in the backfield? I don't want to. So I think. Uh, Let's see here. There's just a lot of players, Donald. You know, this is just a very tough question. I'm going to need to take my time on this one. Um, I don't know why I keep thinking of, like, Casemiro as a linebacker. I see that. You know, historically, give me Gattuso as a linebacker. Uh, but, no, I'm going to I'm gonna take Mbappe as a deep threat wide receiver. Let's just... Oh, yeah. Sprint him down. I have... Sergio Ramos as a linebacker. Okay, I like that. That guy is, you know, slightly undersized, only six feet. He'd be, he'd be a little undersized, but his, I mean, his physicality is there. The athleticism, especially when he was like younger, was there. He's just a, he's an aggressive man. He likes to hurt people. Yeah, no, I like that. I, uh, I was thinking of. If only I've ever seen him throw something, but Tony Cruz's quarterback just makes sense to me. Oh, my God, um, yes. 
He's, yeah. He looks like a quarterback, too. He looks like a quarterback. He's six foot, so, you know, he's he's not super tall, but but what, Drew Brees is 5'11". And so is Russell uh, Wilson. Yeah, so... Uh, and he Kyler just, Murray's vision... like 5'2". <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to wait a little bit to see if... Uh, hey, but he made the NFL. He made the NFL. Made the NFL. I want to see if he's going to make it in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, Cruz has that vision, and he has that touch with his foot, so maybe he has it with his, with his hands as well. Um, also, but, uh... I like a young Marcelo as a punt and kick return specialist. And it's like a scat back, change your pace quick guy. Yeah. 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 I like that too. I thought this was fun. This was different. Yeah. So we have another little segment as well uh, over the uh... – So you get you people wonder where we go for two months. We came up with two segments. <laughs> One <laughs> segment per month. <laughs> So uh, um, one of our buddies is in a uh, – he, he started a new job, and the company, I believe, is based out of England. And therefore, a lot of the employees are very much into uh, soccer and uh, the Premier League. So they do an, an office fantasy Premier League, and uh, he graciously let us run his team, which, James, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but I'm so sorry. So, Guy and I thought it would be really fun to, to manage a team and we've, see how we do. We've never done fantasy soccer before, either of us. Yeah, this is a completely new format. It's very interesting. If, if people haven't done it, I would definitely suggest you can even join like open leagues right now just to kind of get a feel for it. You basically start the season, you pick a full, you pick a roster of like 15 people staying underneath a, a certain salary cap. You know, different players are worth different values depending on kind of you know how good they are to start the season, and then values adjust slightly as the the weeks go on and people do well or, or do shit. And each week you can make one free transfer, and you start eleven of your fifteen, and you have those four bench players. And um, we are twenty seventh out of twenty nine editors in this league. You know, I will say this. Eric and I have this knack of narrowing down positions <laughs> to two players. And we always when we and then if we when we go with player A, every time without play, fail so far, player B does phenomenally well. The last case is we were between uh, Sigurdsson from Everton and James Madison of Leicester City. Actually it was Bios and Madison. Sabios of, Ar- of of uh, Arsenal and Madison, or Caballos and Sigurdsson. Well, so the way the the budgets work, we we were grabbing Sigurdsson basically either way. We could have done Sigurdsson as somebody else. Sabios and Madison were the same. Uh, oh, I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, Sabios and Madison were both around six. Uh, Sigurdsson was like six seven. Well, the point is. We didn't pick Madison, and he scored, which is just... I think he scored, he scored and assisted, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, which is just exactly how our season's been going. Um, I think we can turn it around, given how much time we have. But we will update you guys, and um, next episode we'll let you know who's in our team and what our thoughts are. But... <laughs> well, you know that we do have uh, Ceballos and not Madison in our team. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, Um I think it's definitely fun going up against you know Brits. We clearly did not understand the strategy, or I even think the format when the season started. So 
you know, surprise, surprise, we left it to the last minute to figure that out. Um, but as we get the hang of it, we'll try to see if we can start closing the gap on, you know, maybe the, 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 the middle tier of, of the table. It also didn't help that, like, two of our players got injured right away. And we also started week one several players that uh, have played in AFCON and Copa America, which means they did not play in the opening week of the Premier League. Yeah. Oops. All right. Should we uh, jump through the leagues, my friend? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, we're just going to set the stage in the leagues this year, and then we each pick, you know, one or two things in the various leagues that we're looking for this season. So, you know, first league we want to jump into is the, the Bundesliga. And, Donnie, the really thing that, like, jumped out to me immediately is, hey, there's no more Pulisic at Dortmund. We're going to have to get our, our American kind of, you know, interest from uh, other teams, as we were really last season as well. Um, but Schalke and say I think, are the biggest you know, draws for American audience, and hopefully uh, across the country people can still be interested in this league, even though they're less flashy attacking players. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, specifically, I really want to see how Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney can take the next steps of their club. Can they keep progressing? Because that'll have huge implications for the U.S. national team. Um this is probably going to be Jordan Sancho's last season at um, – I, I believe you mean, you mean Jaden Sancho, right? Yes. Yes, Jaden Sancho, excuse me. Um, his last his season younger, – His younger brother played for like the youth team or something. At uh, Dortmund. So I really think Dortmund's window is starting to really, yeah. really shrink on them. Last season really was the one they should have won. Last season, they definitely should have won it. Uh, this year, you know, they still have Roy Sosley. He's not getting any younger. Um, they, they have Sancho, who will probably be a big money signing. Um, my guess is going to be back to the Premier League, but he could even end up in, uh, you know, uh, La Liga or something crazy. Then, yeah, um, you know, they got Thorin Hazard. They still have Axel Wiesel, who's been playing really well. They, they have the pieces to, to make the push, but... They are, it's going to be harder this season than it was last season, I think. Uh, I don't think Bayern's going to give them as many opportunities to make the push. Especially so it'll be really interesting Lewandowski to watch. right now scoring like a psychopath. Exactly. Uh, so the thing I'm actually looking out for this season is, uh, is Josh Sargent, uh, one of the other Americans in the Bundesliga. He's at, at Werder Bremen. And the first couple of games of the season, he started out on the bench. And uh, just before the national break, he actually got a start and scored a really impressive kind of reactionary uh, foot to knee makeshift the keeper uh, volley goal. Cool, and it'll just be interesting to see how much playing time can he get, and uh, if if he can get enough, can he start to produce to prove that he needs to be in that starting eleven moving forward? Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. Can you know? Can teams like? Leipzig and Dortmund actually challenge Bayern, or are we going to revert back to the boring Liga? Yeah, and obviously it's way too early to tell uh, right oh, now. Yeah. But, but the uh, you know the, the table actually does look pretty uh, pretty prominent at this point in time. I think it's something like uh, uh, Dortmund and uh, Leipzig are topple with Bayern behind them. And then uh, Schalke is even in the fifth. So we're only five games in. A lot more, a lot more soccer to be played. But 
at least it looks like Shaka doesn't suck horribly this season, which is nice. That is nice. Um, all right, with that, shall we go to Spain? If we have to. We sort of have to. Yeah. La Liga. Uh, yeah, Barcelona and Real. Um, interesting. Feels like they kind of got off to a slow start. Yeah, both of them really struggling with players being fit. Real had a game where they had like seven to eight guys, like senior guys hurt like a week ago. Messi hasn't been fully healthy for league play at all. He did play today, actually. Got an assist so within... halftime, though. Yeah, got an assist within six minutes doing messy things, and then subbed at a halftime with a groin problem now when it previously was his ankle bothering him. So that sucks for, yeah, to so see, but be, Barcelona be, shouldn't be as bad as they have been without Messi. That's they've, dropped, they've dropped two of their first five games. That's kind of, like, weird. Like, I get that you're missing Messi, but, like, you still have a, like... Well, okay, Suarez has been hurt too, but you have Griezmann, Dembele. You got. In- I think Dembele for. Yeah, yeah. He's hurt off. Okay. Um, you. I mean, in the midfield, you have De Jong, Rakitic. Rakitic. Like you still got guys who can play. I don't yeah, think they should be doing though. this um, badly. But this lineup does not intimidate me as much as it did 10 years ago. Oh, no. Not even close. No. No. They're definitely not the team that won in 2009, won again in 2011. So, it's, I mean, it's just interesting. It seems like they're kind of, maybe not to the degree, but following a, a similar trajectory of, of Real recently as well. You know, Real has all-stars on their team, just like Barcelona. But I look at the roster, and it doesn't make me feel like they are impossible to defeat like they did a few years back. Not only that, I mean, Real just looks terrible. Like, they had a game yeah. in, uh, in the Champions League. Or no, the Champions League. Maybe it was a league game. They, had, they just had a game where they didn't record a shot on goal. <laughs> yeah. I, um, also... I will say this, though. Uh, Kareem Benzema has been carrying the team on his back. If he was at all attractive, I would have had him as my hot guy of the week. Five goals in he's five games. So, oh, he's so hideous. So not he's a so team. hideous. Yeah, it's it. Um, Coutinho, on the other hand, is a decently handsome fella, but my God, he is. When's his, when was his last clean sheet, Donnie? February. February. Switching gears now to Barcelona. I'm hoping Messi doesn't have injury troubles because he's he's kind of like I mean he's. Six games, that's a lot of games to be missing this early on. There. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a concern. Uh, I, you kind of took my thought. I, we, we came up with our, our things we're walking for independently, and I saw yours, and I was like, yep, I also am not very interested in La Liga. I never pretended to be. Uh, don't really want to start now. That being said, uh, I probably want to see how Frankie de Jong um, develops and plays for Barcelona. I feel like in recent years, a lot of big Barcelona signings have had struggle. Uh, young Barcelona signings um, have had struggles breaking into the uh, first team and actually uh, playing and kind of earning their way in. So it'll be very interesting to see how you know one of the brightest young players from last year uh, can fit into that talented squad. And on that same note, I also really want to watch how Jao Felix starts playing in a bigger league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. 
All right, Eric, shall we uh, should we move to your neck of the woods? The land of the tortellini? To. If we have to. Uh, yeah, so Syria. Um, I'll fit in the room. Milan still suck. We are just not very good. Our manager is garbage. Um, there's a mention, whole host of issues. Not to mention issues. you lost Patty Catroni to Wolverhampton. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, looks like it's going to be a, a three-horse race for the, the title this year. It seems like Inter uh, made enough move, especially with that, that coaching change, to uh, close the gap with Napoli. Uh, looks on paper that Juve are still cut above the rest, uh, but Napoli and Inter could definitely uh, make a surprise. Um, transfer that we did not mention in the top of the, the episode is uh, Napoli brought in the uh, young Mexican international, Irving Lozano. And he's had a strong start to uh, his time there in Naples. So just be interesting to watch. The uh, too early to predict. Predict I think how close the the, the fourth place uh, battle will be. Out of the gates, it looks like Roma, Lazio, and Atalanta have started the season off well. They are I think all in fifth or fourth, fifth, and the sixth spots respectively. Like from each other. Uh, Milan are currently in the bum half of the league, and uh, it's not looking very good. Oh, also, a little tidbit I added here. Uh, racism continues to be an issue across soccer, but to me, it feels even more ubiquitous in Italy. It seems like a lot of fan bases, uh, and not just a few, but a lot of fan bases are, are being emboldened in making these racist chants and remarks, and it's just... It, well, it's- it's not just fan bases. There was that TV analyst who was saying that well, the only way to stop Romelu Lukaku was to like put a banana in front of him or something. Along at, those lines. at least that that, that yeah, analyst was immediate after he made those comments. He was fired. Yeah, he was fired. Well, that's uh, so so that that makes me feel you know better. But it's these fan bases who, like after uh, Lukaku's first game. Uh, the like inter ultras pinned a letter of like no you just don't understand it like that's your people like that's just how we do it you know used to it and like that's just real shitty you should be standing by your players not rich using uh but you know, and, that's just that's and just your me. excuse can't be you just don't understand the way we like to mock other people is to be racist like what that's yeah, the worst no, fucking excuse the- i've ever heard you just don't <laughs> understand we're racist is what they said <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's just, like, I feel like it needs to be addressed, and you know how much I've been a fan of it. Uh, probably way too long, but it's just making it, you know, a little bit harder to be that in, in love with, with the sport from Italy, you know? So, we'll see. So, Eric, you are the Serie A expert. I'll defer to you first. What are you looking for this season? Oh, uh, so I'm uh, I'm watching for for my heart to break, Donald. Um, you know, I can, I can clearly tell Milan are not in a place to compete Champions League qualification. We just are not a good soccer team. Uh, unfortunately, all it takes is for a string of semi decent performances for me to let myself believe we will make that run, only to have the, the hope to lead to a uh, you know crushing despair and defeat. So I'm I'm watching for that to happen. Uh, I guess on a on a less depressing note. I'm really looking forward to see the, the rehabilitation of Jack Ventura. He was easily the most exciting player for Milan the first 10 games last season, and then he blew out his knee, and he has yet to, to start. 
Also, the Milan coach, Giampolo, uh, has not started any of his new signings. Um, so <laughs> we uh, really want to see those guys play, seeing as we know that the squad last year wasn't good enough to finish top four. Something tells me the squad this year isn't good enough to finish top four. Um, but it'll be very interesting, too, to see how Atalanta balances their first ever Champions League appearance with uh, you know trying to perform top four level in the, the league as well. So I will go, I guess, a less Milan-centric focused. I want to watch a few things. One, can Inter Milan really make a push on Juventus? Because they have a great coach, and I think Romelu Lukaku is a good and reliable goal scorer. Really interested to see how them and they and Napoli, who is the only team to beat Liverpool so far, beat them 2-0 in the Champions League. Um, really excited to see if they can actually challenge Juventus because I just don't want Juventus to win another title. I would much rather Juve win the title Inter. So well, wouldn't you rather Napoli uh, win me, it than either Napoli. of them? Oh, obviously. I'm just saying. I was for me. It's either it's for me. It's Napoli or bust. And That's my right. fallback it has to be Juve. Enter win this fucking title. I, I'm, I'm not just cursed in soccer. I'm cursed in life. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm also going to be interested to see. I think that Sari was hired at Juve, and they told him, Champions League or you're fired. I, I do believe that. I also you, think it's you're wondering. You're wondering how. How, how seriously are, are you going to take the, uh, the league? Because today in their game, because because we're, uh, they um, rested Ronaldo, they're like managing his minutes really, really precautiously. So just interested to see, like when it comes down yeah. to the later stages of the season, if they're making a run in the Champions League, and if they choose to prioritize the Champions League, how that could affect their um, league. Uh, I think you know stands. He had played. He had played three matches in seven days, so I think it makes sense to rest him, especially with who they played. I think it was Brescia, one of the promoted teams this season. It makes sense. I, I think. I think that's a smart management. Um, but it'll be interesting as we get, like you said, you know, to the knockout rounds of Champions League to see how they, you know what their team sheet looks like in the league. And I want to see how well Mathis De Legit does because. He struggled to start off. Exactly, and he was like, he was the big, he was the biggest center back move. A lot of clubs feel like they missed out on him. So, yeah. But I guess we should go do uh, the Premier League. If yeah, done it. In your words, if we must. Um, <laughs> it really looks like it's we're gonna have a similar season to last season in terms of title. It's either Liverpool or Man City. Liverpool have just come out of the gates flying. I really thought with Allison Becker going down, their defense would leak a couple of goals, and it has, but their offense has just been unworldly. They've just been playing phenomenally well, and, I mean, they're the only perfect the only uh, perfect team in the Premier League. Man City has, had a, cup, has a, had a mishap against Norwich City of all teams, thanks to the incredible Timu Puki, who we'll talk about later. That was one of the most entertaining games of the season. Incredible. Another entertaining game, you just have to say, is that Manchester City beat Watford 8-0 and scored five goals within, like, 20 minutes. Very different levels of entertainment, different styles of entertainment. 
So it's going to be one of those two. I think Liverpool will slow down, and I think Pep will – I think we'll have a good idea of what's going to happen December, January. But that matchup between Liverpool and Man City is always going to be key, and I still have Pep and City at the edge in that matchup. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to um, Pep's kind of run into a bit of a defensive injury crisis in the last couple of weeks, so they'll probably be making some you know generate transfer moves. You know how Pep loves to spend on defenders, so uh, we'll, we'll I'd be surprised if we don't see any movement there. I don't think uh, you even need a back four if you score eight goals. <laughs> Throwing that out there, Donnie, you've been you've been wanting soccer to move to like a two or one defender system uh, for years now, and uh, two defenders, know, Pep, both of them fullbacks. Pep might be your your best chance at getting that. <laughs> um, now after those two teams, it gets really it's been really interesting this part of the season because of the next teams like up who have a chance of making the top four, they all have issues, and here's what I mean: Arsenal. Arsenal has, <laughs> before the season started, Arsenal had no defense. Now they actually have a negative defense. <laughs> negative Their defense. defense will cost them a goal every game guaranteed <laughs> because of Dauphin Luiz. They have no defense whatsoever. Great offense, in my opinion. No defense. Oh, I mean, a reliable offense, especially with Aubameyang uh, and Lacazette. But Aubameyang's been on fire this season. Yes. Chelsea seem like they have a lot of good young guns. They get some good wins, but they also started the season losing 4-0 to Manchester United. <laughs> Similar with Leicester City. Leicester, a lot of people, uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of people had Leicester pegged as the team that could break into that top four. six. A lot of team had Leicester City pegged as the team to finish fourth. I've seen them in a lot of ESPN and Goal.com writers' predictions as Leicester finishing fourth. Like... An unusual high amount is what I'm saying. Yeah. But Leicester also lost 1-0 to Manchester United. And when I say losing one, like we now, Manchester United's name has an aura that it no longer deserves. You should think of Cardiff City when I say Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff City isn't in the Premier League, by the way. <laughs> Which is something I'll get to for my things to watch. Oh, but Jesus. when I say Chelsea lost 4-0 to Manchester United... What you're what you should hear is they lost four zero to Cardiff City. <laughs> um, that being said, oh Tottenham, Tottenham is just inconsistent. They're blowing leads, they're tying games, they're losing to fucking Newcastle. I don't know if the lo- if the loss in the Champions League has just like totally crushed morale. There's just something going on with that team. Like the individual well, players are doing fine. Well, like, what's the deal with Erickson? Um, he hasn't has he started a game this season? Has he started? I think one game this season. I think just he's one been like two. an eight, he's been like an eighty minute sub for three or four matches. Like he's healthy now. I I, I, I don't understand. I I don't understand what what Poch is doing. Well, um, I think I, th- I think Erickson wanted to leave, and Poch said no. Well, and Poch is now being butthurt. Well, so I, I I know that Erickson definitely wanted to leave, and Poch said no. But like. If you weren't going to sell him, then play him the full ninety, right? Like, you didn't sell him, so now by not playing him, you don't have him, and you don't have the money that you would have gotten from him. It makes no sense. Did you know uh, Christian Eriksen's career corners in the Premier League have failed to beat the first defender sixty-two percent of the time? Dude, that's incredible. That's like Milan stats right there. 
we, uh, but, we don't okay. get first man, but yeah, sorry. All this uncertainty about the top six, I will or about the top six and then the top four. I have a guarantee right now of one team who will not finish in the top four. Well, okay, you can say that about a lot of teams, but as I say, I'll, I'll take Sheffield United, please. What I'm trying to say is this. <laughs> Manchester United has a negative chance of finishing. It is more likely that Manchester United gets relegated than finishing in the top four, and I would stand by that statement. I do not mean that facetiously. We have no depth. Where we, when we come to a situation that we've lost Luke Shaw, Paul Pogba, and Anthony Martial, we basically lose 2-0 to West Ham, which makes us part of City. <laughs> basically losing but yeah that's god that, that's you guys are so so we, if we shallow if, it, it, if it's everyone, almost like it's almost like you sold off all of your players and didn't and let a replace couple, them yeah and, and let a couple other walk if like, everyone bro. is healthy i give us a puncher's chance against anyone except for <laughs> liverpool and um, manchester city i give us a i give us i like our chances i think we have at least a chance in any games if we lose just three players, we're all of a sudden like and losing Luke Shaw sucks because you know who has to come in? Ashley fucking young. And I have nothing against him as a person. Just not as a Premier League level but fullback. But he would be a great captain and leader of Cardiff City. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> not for Manchester United. On the good news, well, not good news for David De Gea, but he can't play for Cardiff City for the next five years. What I'm saying is that the David De Gea story is now called 12 Years a Slave, where he's just had to play <laughs> at a really shitty team his entire career. Um, oh, you guys are good for uh, a few of his seasons. But, yeah, true. Uh, but I will say Daniel James, a championship player, probably our player Exciting of the player. season. Um, Harry Maguire has been fine. Juan Basaka, has been, they've been good. We just overall suck. And yeah. We have no chance. Um, we have no a... chance at the top four. And I would not be. I would. And but you know what? It doesn't matter because we just posted a record fucking revenue. And as long as the club is making money, see, it's that's the thing. Solskjaer is going to get fired in December, but it's not Solskjaer's fault in my opinion. It's that we have a club that won't. Doesn't give a fuck about best in the squad. We, we we have owners and a board that don't care about winning as long as the club makes money, and the club just yeah. keeps churning out money. And it's hard because like the way that this works is you need the fans to stop <laughs> financially supporting the club, but that's no, just you not need the happen. fans to pelt the the Glazers' homes with human feces. Well, that's one way to go about it. I just all right. Um, that's enough of that. Yeah. So um going to do a little Pulisic watch. Yeah, this might be easier than I uh, originally thought or hoped it would be. Uh, I guess you have to actually, you know, play games to to have a watch. Um, but wanted to talk. Chelsea started year off uh, actually, you know, getting some minutes and even had a couple starts back to back. But then as Pedro and William got back to full strength. And then uh, another Chelsea young player, Mason Mount, rightfully submitted himself as uh, a top 11 player. Pulisic has dropped from a starter to a sub, and then recently he's moved from a sub to an unused squad member. Uh, my big question is when Callum Hudson-Odoi is fully healthy and ready to play, which seems like it's going to come in uh, October or November, 
Um, is there space for in the uh, J squad with Lampard's three in the back system? Right now, it appears not. Lampard has gone on record recently saying that there's going to be, you know, you're going to have plenty of minutes and all this stuff, but it seems like he's saying one thing, but his actions in terms of the games are doing something completely different. Well, my, my thinking is, you know, those minutes are probably going to come, right? The Carabao Cup and maybe the early rounds of the FA Cup. And I think Pulisic is going to need to perform really well to uh, earn his spot back in the actual league squad. Yeah, um, it's not an ideal situation if you're a fan of U.S. soccer for Christian Pulisic by any means. That being said, you know, this is the Premier League. This is one of the top clubs in the Premier League. It needs to be, and he can do to, to rise up to it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Eric, I know you're dying to talk about your man, so talk about him. Dude, Timu Puki is the fucking truth. This guy is, if you haven't watched Norwich this season, I, which I'm not going to lambast you on that because, like, who the fuck thinks to, to watch Norwich uh, City, but they wear bright yellow and green. And they've got this Finn striker, Timu Puki, who kind of struck out at a couple in a couple of different leagues. Um, could, couldn't cut it in the Bundesliga or in the uh, Scottish Premier League, uh, but got came with Norwich in the Championship and just put on a tear. And um, I tell you what, he has continued that streak into the Premier League, and uh, he's right up top. Uh, of the, uh, the the race for a top score in the Premier League, and he's just he delivers. Norwich play really exciting attacking soccer, um, not what you're used to seeing or not what I'm used to seeing from a recently promoted team, especially one that that hasn't been in the Premier League for more than a few seasons. Uh, but they're not sitting back and and just trying to stay up. They're trying to win games, and I think that that'll be really fascinating to watch, and it's really exciting if you. If you want to keep you know an eye on Timo Pukki, which you really should do. I'll say it this way: If you're a Manchester United fan, I would strongly recommend you just stop <laughs> watching Manchester United and just follow Norwich instead. Once again, I'm not being facetious. I actually mean that. I'll still watch Manchester United because I there's something wrong in my head. But uh, speaking of things that are wrong, dude, VAR in the Premier League is the fucking worst. When you, when you have an offsides call based on one and a half inches, that someone is one and a half inches offside, and I get it. If you have VAR, if you're a centimeter offside, you have to call it right. But that's the point about VAR, man. Just get fucking rid of it. Just well, I actually, uh, so I, I, I'm about to plug a, another podcast that I'm not on, but I, I listen to another soccer podcast, Men and Blazers. And one of one of one of the guys. I unlike I unlike Eric do not listen to any podcast related <laughs> soccer because I'm not a trader and I don't listen to the competition. Well, they asked, somebody brought up a question: if VAR allows offsides to be a like millimeter accuracy check, then don't you have to apply that to other aspects of the game, like goalie you know go, goalie PK saves? You gotta be within a millimeter of the uh, of of their line when the ball is kicked. Uh, you know, there's the stoppage time needs to be that precisely accurate. Added on, that's wasted. So if you can't, if you're going to provide that level of accuracy for offsides checks, and you can't provide it for everywhere else, then you, you need to. It needs to all be the same level. 
Yeah. And obviously, obviously, Var sucks ass. Very bad, much so. Uh, what are you watching for this season in the Premier League, buddy? Yeah, I got a couple things I'm, I'm keeping a lookout for. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the, the recently promoted minnows, uh, Sheffield United, Norwich City, uh, even you know Aston Villa to, to a degree, although I wouldn't really call them a, a minnow so to speak. Um, do they do enough this season to stay afloat? Uh, we've seen, like I said, a great start from Norwich. Even Sheffield had a strong start the first two weeks or so. Um, can they stay afloat? Will they continue the attacking style of soccer, or will they be able to that would be a full, you know, uh, what, 38-game campaign. So it'll be interesting to see. And then the other thing I'm kind of keeping my eye out for is uh, will Liverpool finally be able to exercise their team in the Premier League or will Man City extend their incredible demand? Because I really think it's one of those two options for the title this year. Yeah. Um, I think those are all great points. For me, I'm just going to be really interested in well, first of all, can Jack Relish be good again at Aston Villa? Please. I, 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 I want to believe. I really want to believe. He's struggling but I think right going now, back down. and he's too hot to struggle. They're going back down. I don't know if they're going back down necessarily. I just care about how he plays. I want him to play good so that if they go back down, he can have an avenue to stay up in the Premier League. Although, yes. I don't know if he'd leave. I don't know if he'd leave. True. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin looks like he's going to maybe get his first start this weekend at Newcastle. Really excited about that. Also, Wolves. Wolves went to the, being a great team last season. Yeah. To now, I mean, really struggling. This, I mean, they tied Manchester United, for God's sakes. That's terrible <laughs> for them. Um, so, interesting. To yeah, Wolves have not, not put together. Well, I think. The interesting thing with Wolves too is, you know, they're they have European soccer this year. And they've seen, you know, a few years back when I think Burnley had a really good uh, Premier League season. They went to the Europa League and they they really struggled in the domestic campaign. Uh, I just think some teams that don't have that full squad depth start to get, I think, a little little more fatigue a lot quicker. Uh, balancing continental soccer, so that was to, to keep an eye out for. Sorry. Um. Lastly, I think that th- you know, really looking into that top six battle, what's really, really interests me there is which of those teams outside of Liverpool and Man City are going to start getting on it, going on that consistent run to secure third and fourth, and which team is going to be so bad between now and December that they're going to have a team their coach fired. You know, I'm talking about Chelsea, Arsenal, um, Tottenham. Leicester, Everton, West Ham, you know, those teams. Um, then I'm really interested to see, you know, Manchester United hasn't had to deal with a relegation battle in like 50 years. So when they are in that battle, I'm super curious how the player's psyche can cope with that. Oh, I got to end it on this last stat. In the last six Premier League seasons, Jesse Lingard has 10 assists. Adam Johnson has 11 assists. Adam Johnson has been in jail for the last three years for relations with an <laughs> underage girl. Jesus. So, yeah, that's the nugget I want to end things on. Well, everyone, this has been another this fantastic This has been episode. a goal podcast. Um, I, don't, I don't like it when Donnie may be the positive uh, voice on, on the pod. 
I guess that's why we uh we we hit the Italian league a little bit earlier this uh, this episode. Uh, but, but welcome back, season two. Yeah, crazy, I know. But you renewed for a second season, right, Donnie? Yep. Really, just really just maddening. Um, yeah, really happy to talk so much about Cardiff City for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, super excited though to be back in the podcast, and actually. In a few weeks, we might have our first guest coming up. So we're actually really excited about that. That's all I'm going to tell you for now. I'd like to tease you a little bit. Yeah, but uh, thanks for listening. Always uh, reach out to us. Uh, email owngoalpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit, hit us up on, on the, the Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at owngoalpod. And then we have that Facebook group as well, owngoalpodcast. We also Please, have actually uh, we also have an Instagram at own goal pod. Wow, good. look at that. We are uh, alive and thriving with the social media. I still don't have an Instagram, so I don't really know what that means. I have to send, in, if I want to show Gatesy something on Instagram, I send it to his girlfriend and ask her to, nicely ask her to please show Eric, and then she'll tell me what his response was. That's how much our relationship has deteriorated. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it either. I don't, I don't mind having that. Uh, you know, please subscribe to the podcast uh, throw us a, a rate and a review and uh, spread the word we will uh, we'll be back my beautiful little pod babies bye I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel. And I'll fight until the end, shall wounds always bend, oh no. Spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone. Until the day I realized my courage is all I ever known. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. Oh,
Surrender your core, I'll give you bombs of my